Welcome to the Tales of Fatherhood podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Davila, and uh, it has been a minute since we have done an episode and quite a bit of changes have happened. So let's just get through this, uh, this intro music and on to the show. Welcome back. So it's the Tales of Fatherhood. Um, actually, I'm gonna put this pen down so I don't do what my dad does. Speaking of my dad, um, I'm here. He has joined us today. We are we are back. We got the original team back together. How you doing? Doing great. Been doing great. That's great good. to be back. It's been over over a year, I think. Yeah, it's been over. It's been well over a year, actually. I, I think it's been. Jeez, I'd say November. November wow. of like like. So it's been about. Uh, it's been a while. Months, 15 months, something like that. Yeah. Wow. It's been a little bit. How's things been for you? Uh, they've been going, they've been going okay. Could have been, could have been better, but wasn't. <laughs> like I didn't hit the million dollar mark yet. I wish some of us would have hit the million dollar mark. Trust me. <laughs> I keep buying the lottery tickets, hoping, but I haven't even won $3 or anything on it. Like, we got lucky the other day. I think yeah. we got lucky the other day. We got like a forty dollar one on it. But other than that, that just still doesn't make fun of doesn't make fun of, <laughs> doesn't make up for all the, the other tickets that we bought that didn't have anything on there. So tell me or tell us what have you been up to? Uh man, I, I actually just did something pretty recent, um, pretty crazy. I, I just quit my job. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just quit my job. I quit everything. <laughs> I quit. Tell us. Do I tell. I quit life. <laughs> Do tell. I know. I know. I. Uh, uh, well, I think we'll get to all of that. But first and foremost, I want to reiterate to everybody like what this the whole point of the podcast is about in the first place, right? This is tales of fatherhood, and it's just kind of me growing up and uh, um, uh, uh, being a new father to my son Parker, who's now uh, an astounding like nineteen months, which is I can't believe it's been that long since we've had it, which blows my mind. And the changes I've seen in that boy have been uh, on like an epic scale, you know. Um, so I think we're going to kind of go through and look at, uh, I don't know, I was, I was hoping we could discuss some some previous issues we had. Not issues, previous um, issues. Episodes. Some previous uh, episode uh, um, uh, content we did and just kind of see if I put anything into place, right? Okay. And like one of the things I think we discussed was... Uh, was movies and I think I had this like elaborate plan of <laughs> he's not going to watch anything Toy Story like CGI it's only going to have like the, the cartoons first and I'm going to slowly build him up to the yeah that didn't work at all Coco Melon yeah Coco Melon came out well that wasn't a movie oh yeah well Coco Melon yeah actually it, it is, it a is movie. C- <laughs> it's not a movie it's a the shark 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 one no it's not a movie no <laughs> Coco Melon's on it. It's a YouTube thing, but it's CGI. It's CG. You know what CG is, right? Uh, <clears throat> so no. you have cartoons. Yeah. They're 2D, right? They're drawn. Right. CG is like when it's computer animated. Oh. Like think Toy Story. Like when it's like like oh. three dimensional. That's CG. So Coco Melon is like that, but it's not like drawn. It's not drawn. 
I don't know. I don't know the intricacies of of of, of fucking do of Pixar, man. I don't fucking know. All right? <laughs> look, look. I'm just saying. There's two. There two different styles. <laughs> Computer graphics. That's why it's CG, right? I don't. You know, like I don't even want to say that that's the right. Cause, because then I could be wrong. Because, but I feel like animated, I, could, I could see that that's. If it was computer animated, it would be CA. What does CG stand so for? That's the wonders of Google nowadays. Computer generated. Computer generated. CGI, computer generated imagery. Images. Oh, images. Wow. Speaking of computer generated images, here's something interesting I learned about. You know, people are selling some pictures on the web for money, but not really pictures. I guess they're like drawings they do on Microsoft Paint or something like that. No? You're talking about NFTs? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that's a whole other. What do you want to talk about NFTs right now? <laughs> I want to talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> this, this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> All right. But um, so we were... Um, <laughs> NFTs, what? So we were going to talk about the... Uh, um, I guess like the all the... the What's been happening since Bandsaws. our last episode? <laughs> That's a very recent thing. Okay, what's so been, what's been happening? Let's, let's go chronologically. Well, let's try. Okay. Um, so, okay, so... Okay, the last episode was... it was. I think we were talking about Trump. It was that whole thing with uh, the election. It was the election. The right, election and, and episode. And Biden won. And Biden had just won. And, um, and then we stopped. Because Biden happened. No, we didn't no. stop because Biden happened. No, we just stopped. I think we just stopped. I didn't say, "Oh, Joe Biden is the president," and now, no, no more podcast. Like, Yay! <laughs> yeah. I was happy, <laughs> but so, uh, uh, I think that that um, I think just a lot like life happened. I remember it was about November time frame when when that when uh, the election had happened. So I had gotten thrown into another campus. <laughs> Excuse me. So we, I got thrown into another campus over at a. Um, so I was on, I was on my original campus. I was a teacher, by the way. Now I'm allowed, Now I can say it out loud. Yes, I was, I was a teacher, and I. Um, uh, they needed help at another, yeah, at another school. So they moved me over there for half the year, and I ended up getting a job over there as their algebra teacher, and that's where I started there. Started at the beginning of this year, beginning of this academic year. So about in September. And I kind of, for me personally, I just got really, really um, uh, busy, you know, like teaching is very, very uh, demanding. Yeah, demanding. It is just a uh, uh, next level demanding. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to since then? Nothing. No, no. We have a, let's see, we, we've, we're remodeling the house. Yeah, I was going to say. Remodeling the house. That's a big one right there. Didn't you just build the uh, uh, the deck? The, pat, the, the terraza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that happening around then? No, no. This was before we started podcasting. It was already done. It was already done? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. That, uh, actually, you know what? The, we finished the terraza in, uh, right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> because we couldn't party in there anymore. Mm-hmm. Or at all, because they had COVID had hit. And uh, then we started uh, the, ho- the house remodel about in January, just mm-hmm. this January. But work itself has been going the same. Uh, nothing has changed for me. The big change happened with you. You're no longer a teacher. Right. The, the, the very, very, very recent. Uh, that was a very recent development. I, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I stopped teaching in the middle of the year. 
probably the worst <laughs> possible time for a teacher to quit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I got, I got mixed feelings on that. I really, really do. Cause I was actually thinking about this. I was talking to, um, I was talking to some other teachers a long time ago. And I remember they would tell me, they're like, you know, we don't teach, like, we don't teach for, um, like ourselves. Like we're not there for ourselves. We're there for the kids. And it takes a special kind of person to think that kind of thing, right? Because it's true. Like you really are, you're there for the kids. You know, you put a lot of their needs first and, um, frankly, we put ourselves second, right? But like as time went on and as like the pandemic went on and just all these, uh, um, and I'm not trying to politicize this at all. It's just that the job became very, very demanding with moving it to being online. P parents were unhappy about what was being taught at school. There was just no, there was nothing that I felt like a teacher could do right, you know? And it was just becoming more and more and more. And, and it was, it was, this year was just crazy with just, just how much was happening. And I remember thinking back to that conversation. I was like, you know, they said that, like we do it for the kids. And I, I hate to say it. I felt like I was being shamed into staying. My mental health was not there at all inside of that. Like when I was a teacher, like, I mean, there was, there were times where I really, really enjoyed it. Like I had great bosses. I had great, um, great co-teachers. I had great, you know, colleagues and just in general, I had great colleagues and everything. Right. And it was never the kids. I never, ever, thought that like I was overwhelmed with the kids presence or anything like that. I thoroughly enjoyed them. But what I never really liked was just how much work was expected out of me for so little pay, you know? And, and whenever I would try to bring it up to people, everybody always said, Oh, well you get summers off. Oh, well you get Christmas vacation, you know? And it was just a lot of these things. And, and I'm, and it's from people that don't, understand like what really happens inside of that classroom right imagine like you have a kid take your kid he's 13 years old and they're and they're just uh, um they're going through puberty they're not they're, they're they think that they know it all you know what i mean now multiply that by 30 and give that and have that class four times a day for an hour and a half you know what i'm saying that's crazy like you're dealing with just behaviors upon behaviors with kids like that or you're i mean not all kids get behaviors but it's you're just dealing with that like all day and uh, you just didn't feel it. I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel appreciated with it. And it was, it was just becoming a lot, you know, it was a lot and I wanted to be there for the kids, but my mental health wasn't there and I needed to, I couldn't, I could no longer put the kids first. I couldn't, I had to put myself first. And, um, and one of the conversations I had, one of my exiting conversations, and I'm not going to say with who, but in one of the conversations I had right before I left, Dad, it was like they were telling me, like, uh, uh, like I never once heard you talk about the kids. I never once heard you talk about the kids. And I really, that's when, that's when it clicked to me. I felt like I was being shamed. Like, like and, I, and it's, it's with that same saying, like, we do it for the kids. Like, we shouldn't be saying that anymore, you know? Like, teachers need to be putting themselves first. It should be, it should be the teachers first. Because you can only, you have to think about your family first. You have to think about, like your mental health first. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and destroy my, destroy like my mental health just to put the kids first. You know, what about me? The kids can't come first. If I'm like, if I'm not like, like if I'm not mentally strong enough to be there. Right. And that's something that I just felt like the, the career field forgot. 
like they like the expectation is teachers just deal with everything like they the expectation from society is that teachers just have to deal with with everything that they throw on like that they, they get thrown at them and they have to do it whether people like you or not like like they want you like uh they don't want you to teach critical race theory you're a bad person for teaching something like that which they don't by the way i don't know where all this came from but whatever they don't want you to teach it fine you're a bad person for teaching oh you want to um with the kids, you want the kids to, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the kids have to go back to school because the kids, and they need their education. That's really not what they want. Like a lot of the parents that I dealt with, uh, it's not that they didn't care about the education, but what they really, really needed was a place for their student to be or for their child to be for eight hours so they could go to work and make money. And that makes sense. And, and, and schools play that role. They really, really do. Like, hey, for eight hours, I need to be, make sure that my kid is in a safe space or a safe place so I can go and make money and that again it, it does make sense but that's also describing a babysitter right it really right. does and you're not really concerned you're not as much concerned about what is being taught at that school as much as you're just concerned about hey i really just need a place for this kid to be you know safe and that's where i felt like the line was just so blurred you know there are a lot of parents out there and i'm not trying to, and i will never be very general and say they're like oh all parents need just a place for their kid to be, right? No, it's not that, not that, that's not the case at all, right? I think that there's a lot of parents out there that really, really do care. Like, I mean, hey, what's being taught to their kid? You know, they really, really do. It's just that from my point of view, my job just felt like it was being deprofessionalized into this role of, of, I hate to say it, of a babysitter. And that's, not what it's not what i like I, I don't know that's not how i value myself you know I, I i see myself as a professional and i want to be somewhere that's that values me like that or that looks at me like that i think so I, 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 I can understand where you're coming from I, I definitely do and i agree with you on on everything you've said but i, I more lean towards that our school system that we've developed was not developed. The initial intention was, and I believe it still is, to educate our children. However, it has evolved into a necessity for society so that we can keep working class parents working so they can maintain a certain level, standard of living. And therefore, it has become, okay, yeah, it's there for education primarily, but the most important thing we really need for them is a safe place for our children to be at. And then what has happened because of that thought pattern there, the parents have not put no thought into the teachers that are taking care of their children, educating their children. Therefore, we have let go of their, their worth, their value. We, we have lost sense of their value and how much these people should be getting paid. Because the truth is, teachers are very underpaid. And it's not all teachers. It's the, the important teachers, the ones that are teaching the elementary school, the junior highs, the high school teachers, very underpaid. Very, very underpaid. And I think as parents, when we send our children to school, we're sending them, in our mind, we're sending them for an education. But if we're honest with each other, we have a safe place that our children can go and they watch that while we're at work. So if we could just change the way of thinking, okay, we have a place where children are safe and they, and they will receive an education by quality people. We should 
compensate those people adequately and put laws into place or some sort of a pay scale that gives these people the opportunity to develop themselves and fulfill themselves personally rather than just be there under the old saying, I'm here for the kids. Teaching is not a profession for make me reach. I'm here for, I'm here for the kids. The truth is none of us are at work because we want to be at work. We're all at work because we need to be at work. All of us do. Now, the plus side of it, if you're at work and you love what you do, that's an extra, that's an extra plus. That's a gravy on the plate. But teachers, a lot of times, because of the low pay they have, they get beat up. I mean, they get beat up. And sure, they got the vacation times and all this. But I don't think it's the vacation time versus monetary compensation is equivalent. It should be give them what they need to have, pay them what they need to get paid so they can have a good life, so they can come into work rejuvenated and say, hey, I'm ready to tackle these kids and and take them on. Not only am I watching them creating a safe space for them, but I'm going to educate them there too. So I I can understand where you're coming from. And you know what? That was so well said. Like, uh, um, I'm going to adjust my seat for one second. That was so well said. And, 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 and it's literally like it, it really, really like uh, um, echoes like how I feel, you know, it's uh, um, it, it, it is. It's so hard, you know, and, and I can just I, I really it's, it's really such a, a long conversation to have, you know, but I'll, I'll just put it this way. If you think about it like this. Right. Um, and this again, these are not general statements. I'm thinking of very, very onesie twosie like uh, examples here. Right. But. But hear me out, okay? So if we have one parent who is working, right, and then you have a student that's in class and they're just going, they're going completely banana sandwich, right? Just, just having a heck of a day. They're disruptive and they're, you know, they're getting into fights. They're roaming the halls and just uh, uh, disrupting classes and stuff, right? You have to find a way to control that student, right, or find a way to to keep him from disrupting the learning of the twenty nine other students in that class or other classes right so what do you do well i mean you can call you can call an admin and they can come remove the student you know you can put them in some sort of like a uh an uh like a was it iss or you can suspend the kid or what you know whatever but that creates this vicious cycle well now that student's missing all this work right so we try our best not to suspend the kids and that makes sense we don't want to suspend them because it does contribute to this whole school to prison pipeline, which is proven, it's empirical, and it's true, it, it exists, right? But then you, when you stop suspending and you start trying to do some sort of like restorative to the, or like restorative justice um, to try to, um, what's it called, rehabilitate the student into becoming a more positive, contributing member of the student body, there just isn't the practices that are in place to actually to do that aren't, aren't very well thought out and they, sometimes they feel almost like, Hey, they're here. These are what we, this is what we do. That's restorative, but we don't, but they don't really do it. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just kind of there as like a, a, what is it called? A dog and pony show. Hey, look at what we're doing to, to keep the, the school to prison pipeline from happening. Right. But instead what's actually happening is, is that students just getting sent back to class and the teachers are being forced to deal with it. And it's just this vicious circle. And it's all the time. It's all the time. 
and then you contact the parents and then the parents are getting very um and the, then the parents are getting um excuse me then the parents they don't get to um they and this is the onesie twosie case this is not a very this is not a general statement right then you contact that parent and then the parent may not have uh, a lot of uh, uh investment in you know in the student as well they may not care that they're they don't care what the kids doing on campus to them they may just hands off and like need a break from the kid as well so then that kid is just you know he's just in this like like this purgatory of discipline you know where what do you do at that point what can you do and until education solves that problem i will never go back because i don't think that there's even been a a remotely a good enough effort at trying to solve that problem and it's a big problem it really it's, is it's a big problem because in order to address it you have to address so many different points to that and issue. that's and that's exactly why yeah you're right you do you have to you have to address so much stuff with it right but until then and nobody will and and, and and nobody wants to do it right but until then like everybody's just gonna just gonna force the teachers to be in the room and just think that and then turn their turn like turn their head the way turn a blind eye to it and then just think that like oh whatever their teachers oh bless their hearts bless their hearts and think that like uh treating them like like oh they're like above like not above but treating them like oh you're so like bless you and everything no those people inside of those classrooms are smart they're edgy they're highly educated people like you're talking you're you have teachers in there with master's degrees teaching your freaking kids right you have, you've got teachers with doctorates. I mean, and they're sitting there being treated like just these, these like babysitters, like they're less than, and that's terrible. And that's what's wrong with it, you know? And, and to top it all off, the compensation, there's no way, there's no way, there's too many structures in, in place. And I was talking to you about this the other day. There's no way you can be a fast burner in teaching. There's no possible way, right? I tried it. So I, was, I, was, I tried to get all these like, all these certifications and these degrees and everything, no matter how, no matter how like hard or how bad I wanted it, there was no way I was going to be making over a hundred K in less than eight years. There's no way it wasn't going to happen. There's too much stuff happening inside of teaching that requires too much of your attention that you need to learn and learn to learn. Well, there's too many laws. There's too many, and until you get good at those laws or get good at understanding, get good at those laws, that was a horrible sentence. <laughs> until you have a full understanding of what's happening, like legally inside of the world of education, it is not recommended that you move on, right? And it, it's, it's just, there's just too many structures in place that prevent fast burners from making money. That's just plain and simple. I think uh, what I was about to say, I, I can already hear it from eventually we'll get some teacher listeners. And I hope we do. Because the more people we can get involved in this types of conversations and open this subject up, the better it is. We're going to get some teachers out there who still feel like we're doing, if you're into teaching for the money, you're into it for the wrong reason. You're here for the kids. And it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel that way for some people. But to be honest, most of us, we need to have a good life, a good quality of life outside of work. Because if you don't have a good quality of life outside of work, then you're not going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And you know what? That mindset, that whole, I think that mindset of just, 
oh, I'm not, I'm only in it for the kids. I think that the teachers that, that, that mindset needs to die. Like you need to, to always, it needs to die. Like you, you are not in it just for the kids. You are in it for your family. You're in it for yourself. And I think you said it beautifully when you said you need to have that mindset. Like you need to have to be, you need to be able to go home and rejuvenate. I need to be able to go home to my fucking wood shop with a fucking bandsaw. You said an F. A, <laughs> I don't fucking care anymore. I'm Teachers teacher don't say anymore. F words. <laughs> well, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> that's why you quit. Well, yeah, no, right? Okay, and, so. Yeah, but it's true. I want to be able to come home to my fucking bandsaw and I want to be able to, 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 to fuck around in my wood shop or I want to be able to, um, like play my guitar or play, and I don't play guitar, but my father-in-law does. Uh, shout out, <laughs> shout out to my father-in-law. Uh, but uh, uh, you know what I mean, you yeah. know. And and that's that's it's the truth, you know. Like uh, uh, I want to be able to unplug. It's I can't afford I can't afford a nice vacation over the summer. Like I can't afford to go. Like I mean, the only place I can afford to go where where freaking the what was it Mexico the uh, the Cancun like now that's beautiful. Those are absolutely beautiful resorts. But it's all I can afford. I can't go to Hawaii, <laughs> you know. I mean, I can, but I guess it'd be something where like you'd have to like seriously save for. It just because the career doesn't give you the no. Now I'm just complaining. Now this is just money management at this point. That's not. That's really not I mean, you could about save pay. up for it's a really, big yeah, canoe, really, you know. Yeah, I know. Like I really could have just saved up for it, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not even going to go there. But I will just say that, you know, I want to have and I want to be able to like. I wanted to be able to rejuvenate when I get off of work. You know, I thought that was just one of the most, the excellent, an excellent point you made. You know, I think, uh, and this would be like a really great conversation to continue. If we can get some teacher listeners out there to maybe even. <laughs> I have some friends that are listening. I'm sure. Type in there and say, Hey, their thoughts. And we can discuss this because until we get rid of that mindset that some teachers do have that I'm not in it for the money, I'm in it for the kids. It'll never change. Yeah. We have to back away from that. You might be, let's not go into it. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the kids. Let's go into something like, hey, I'm doing something that makes me happy, but I should be compensated for what I am doing. Exactly. Know your value. And that's kind of where we were going with this and like, like circling this all the way back to my son. You know, like if there was a lesson like out of all of this, because I feel like I learned a big, a very, very long five-year student loan lesson here is that know your worth and know your value. And when you're not getting what you're worth, like deuce out, man. Like, I mean, like, like, like call it at some point, don't just keep putting yourself through the same thing over and over again. If where you're working, you do not feel valued or, or the, the career field doesn't make you feel valued, then go. And this can be applied to anything. It's not even about just work, right? It can be inside of friendships. It can be inside of relationships. It can be literally anything. If I'm not, if I don't feel valued somewhere, I'm out. Like I, I, I know my worth. I know what I know what 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 I bring to the table. And and frankly, it's a privilege to be around me. You know what I mean? In terms of like. That came out really fucked up. <laughs> I was about to come back to with be something. around me. <laughs> I know I don't feel so privileged. Okay. <laughs> Why did you get up and leave? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was just thinking as you were saying all that, Daniel, is that that um, <clears throat> getting away from that mindset that I stated earlier about I'm here for the kids, not for the money. But what if our education system was to change? And it won't. We know. Let's say what if, because in order for this to change, our education system has to change. 
And we have to start putting value on different things. Right now, what are we putting the value on in education? That we send our kids to school and they're going to be taught how to read, write, and computer type or whatever. What if we're sending them to school not to get taught that, but to learn their value, to teach them to follow what's going to make them happy? And along the line, we teach them, of course, to read, to write, the, the, the basics. And as they're developing and we're teaching them, hey, what's more important in life? Learning how to do arithmetic or the times table really fast or just knowing how to add, but doing something that you're happy at. Maybe it's an art. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's engineering. But let that, those sense of worth develop in, in, within themselves. I, I lost. No, I know exactly what you mean. No, 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 no. I know exactly what you're saying. And have the teachers become, become nurturers of developing those senses within those children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like. Well, that. that's kind of what the job is. All, uh, like in in and of itself, that's really what it, that's what it is. But or at least that's what it's described as being. But unfortunately, we don't have like. As long as we this have not star time exams, the day. yeah. As long as we have standardized testing, there's that, no way we can become nurturers yeah. because then we become. We have to teach what we have to teach because if the kids don't pass that, our ratings are going to be. Blah. Yeah, ratings, funding comes from that. Funding. I mean, it's insane. So it's it's there's just so much weight put onto these star scores that you you've essentially like um, like gridlocked education into this box of just core subjects. Or Common Core, and then a few, you know, and then some... Uh, uh, um, Basic facts that they have to know so they can pass the exam. Yeah. And you're really not even teaching any, like really anything anymore. Application of math. You really can't even go too crazy with it because you have to stay on this track of, of, uh, uh, of what is going to be t- what is going to be tested on the STAR exam, you know? So it's... It's a frustrating, it's just very frustrating. And the problem is, is that this, this edu- the structure of education has just been built was built so long ago that these that's so rooted in society and and that that in order to tear it down and completely start over you're talking like a a, you're talking something that's been around since jesus hundreds of years you know of educating our kids and in how we do it you know you can't just go and just change it and it would be it would be i I wouldn't even know where you would start like you (laughs) You know, this would be a great like series of podcasts. Uh, just thinking, right? Series of podcasts that we do later, right? We can focus on how would we change the education system to make it better. Well, think, yeah. Well, think one. about it. Like, sorry, but think about it. I just thought about this. Sorry. Like, I can't even come up with an idea of how we would start it. Like, how it would be any better. Like, I, I couldn't even come up with a plausible idea because everything that I know about education is. What we've been taught is what we've been how we how we grew up, how you grew up, how yeah. your parents grew up, and how their parents grew up. You know, like like it's that ingrained in society that I couldn't even right now could not even give you a a a solid idea about what an entirely new education system would even look like. You know, you couldn't, I couldn't, but you know who could? Who? I don't know what this generation is. This kids right now that are 15 to 25 years old, 15 to 20 year olds right now that are coming up, they have a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. I see it at the college, you know, they really have a different way of thinking of it and of looking at things. They could probably have a good idea of what is it that they would need and what is that Parker would need as he grows up because it's definitely not what I needed when I was his age. 
yeah. or your age. And it's definitely not the same thing that you needed either. Because it, it all developed, it, they all changed. Every generation has changed. So anyway, what I was getting at is like a podcast based on brainstorming. And maybe if we if we get any viewers out there, or not viewers, uh, <laughs> listeners, they yeah. could suggest, hey, what about an education system based on on this? You know, an education system based on values rather than factual knowledge. Yeah. Uh, education system based on just what well, I think our education system is based on factual knowledge. You have to know the multiplication tables, how to read, and uh, how to sentence structure and all that stuff. Wouldn't it be enough if we can just teach the young man, woman, how to read, write, and communicate? That's good. And then nurture them into something that they're going to be happy. Teach them to be happy with who they are, what they're going for in life. That would be one episode. Another episode could be funding an education system such as that. Where would the funding come in? Because why aren't people, why aren't teachers getting paid enough money nowadays? Because there's not enough funding out there. So let's get creative about the funding. Well, How there's, could it plen- be- there's plenty of funding out there. There really is. There, I mean, like the funding our- can come, if funding can come from anywhere, then there's plenty of it. Then you should be funding the damn teachers. <laughs> the lottery. That's that's what I understood when they took it on. That's a lot, big portion of the lottery was supposed to go to teaching. I don't know. That's the way how I that. understood it a while back. Now it would take some research to do. Do it like the University of Texas and Texas A&M get funded when they get first got started with the uh, what was it called? The university I fund, uh, permanent university yeah. fund, yeah. where they got given University of Texas got given two million acres in West Texas somewhere out there, and it was like very arid land. It was land that was dry, nothing there. But all of a sudden, then the oil boom hit, hit and they had. Oil is like the Beverly Hillbillies, you know. <laughs> Jeez, Dad, no! <laughs> I did it, didn't I? So, oh my God! Now they're, 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 that public uh, permanent university fund is worth billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. I see where you're going with it, but I, I think that there. I don't know enough about where it's like about where money comes from, you know, and where it would even. Because I also don't want to say anything that I, you know, that, that's that's incorrect either. But like. I, 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 here's what I, what I see. I see that there's funding, there's plenty of money around. I'm sure that they can, if they can't find any, then I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that if they can't find any, excuse me, I'm sure they can find some, I'm sure they can find some to increase the salary of, of teachers. There are billionaires, like, like trillionaires out there. You know, I'm sure if you were to increase the teacher pay by 20 grand a year for every single teacher, 10 grand a year, it's not going to hurt. That's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from with it. You know, so it's, it's. We need to find the funding for it if that's the problem. But that's anyway, what the episode would be about. Yeah. But I mean, either way, it's either here nor there. Like, I think that at the end of the day, I just want my son to, to like the lesson that I learned from this whole, this career in teaching, this very, very short five-year career in teaching is just know your value. And right now I'm just trying to find something that I feel will pay me what I'm worth. You know, and that's honestly like at this point in the game, I don't have I don't, I don't feel like I have enough time to really climb like a corporate ladder. So I just want to get into sales and just boom, give me some sort of a commission, you know, that way, like if I work hard, and I learn my product well enough, then I should get paid. Right. <laughs> hey, I got an idea for funding teachers. Oh, God. A bake sale. Everybody bakes cookies and we sell. them. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's been done. It's <laughs> no. I saw somebody outside of Home Depot. <laughs> they didn't look like they were doing too well. <laughs> uh, oh, car God. wash. <laughs> car wash. Yes, yes. That's it. 
No, there but I is. think uh, if we, we get our, our listeners to chime in on that, that'd be great. We can maybe do some more episodes like this. This has been by far the most serious episode I have ever participated in with this. And No. We no. Never, we never had a serious episode we did. before, did we? Name one. The, 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 when Trump lost, you were like, I don't like it when you educate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pissed me off. because I like tell, Trump. Well, I'm sorry. And now you got Biden. There's your boy now. <laughs> so what's he done for us lately? I never, I, I, 350 a, a gallon. A you want to know the difference? The difference is this. <laughs> I don't go around wearing a red hat or anything like like saying this guy is my God or anything. Biden, like, dude, I mean, he's, I don't think he's doing a good job either, man. Get rid of him. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I have no loyalties to that guy. There's people out there that are loyal, loyal to Trump. So that's 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 the weird part. That's the part that separates me from them. I am not loyal to Biden at all. <laughs> the Trump guys. We just have to wear our t-shirts underneath a t-shirt. T-shirts underneath a t-shirt. Yeah, check it out. I have a Trump t-shirt underneath this one. I really hope you don't. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, get out of my house. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, but no, the. Uh, um, uh, all around, like I just, I want to make sure that that my son learns that lesson. He needs to learn that one early, because I tell you what, I, I I've been in relationships where I haven't felt valued, you know, and it took me having to feel finally feel like I was being taken advantage of by like an unknown entity, like like uh like again like the education career field for me to finally realize like Jesus Christ, nobody in this field cares about me. Now I have had prince like my principal. She legitimately, I think she really, really cared about where my career went. I had a principal before that who really, really cared about where my career was going. I've had colleagues, I've had teachers that really wanted to me to do better. Right? Want to know the problem? Not a single one of them could give me a damn dollar more. Not a single one of them could do anything about my pay or my compensation. Right? And that was all the way through. From from principal all the way to directors to superintendents, not a single one could do a damn thing about my pay. And that's where I realized that I'm in the wrong field. Nobody can give me a raise. <laughs> there's literally nobody in the chain of command that can give me a raise if I ask for one. And there's nobody in the chain of command that if they realize if they saw like what the, the value that I brought to the table could help me, you know, with that with that particular issue. Yeah, maybe they could make me an assistant principal, but that's over time. And that's if, like, you run into the right people. That's just, it's... How about an honorary assistant principal? I'm, on this show, I'm the damn superintendent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on this show, I'm the damn CEO. Show me the green, show me the green. Yes. All right. We haven't earned a single dollar from the show either, have we? <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> At the first hundred bucks, we're getting a new chair for me. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Yeah, we, we really should. So... Next episode, we got to make it a little bit more lighthearted, but no, I don't stay think stay focused on this. No, I don't think I. You can't. I, I want to be me. What, what the hell? You can be me, you on this one. <laughs> me is not serious. I don't want Parker to know. The tales of fatherhood me. can be whatever we need it to be. Okay. You know what I mean? It really can be. It can be funny. It could be serious. It just so happens that I'm going through something pretty serious right now, and I decided to use this moment to to teach my son. About knowing your worth, and and that was the whole point of of tales of fatherhood. And there you go. And that's all there is to it. But <laughs> so next time, Dad, I promise you, we can talk about band saws and wood shops yes. and wasting money on putting coax cable. For Remember what you did your, with to me with the drone. And Cecilia listens to this and she hears this, and <laughs> yeah. I get cut off on a band saw. <laughs> 
you know what you need to do? You need to rip all that security system out of them. So, <laughs> listener, my my dad has a security system from like a freaking um, what was that movie? Uh, oh, Ryan, he has a security system from like Die Hard One, <laughs> like like from the original Die Hard in his house. It's only it is, ten security cameras. It's all wired. It's got coax cables. It's terrible, right? And it's got lasers too. It's got la- yeah, okay. It's just. <laughs> So I was telling him, like, you need to get some, like, you need to, like, like, like get the nest, get the ring, you know. But he was putting in his in his uh, kitchen, kitchen, he's putting, like, a little 20-inch TV in the corner of the kitchen so with I this camera feed on it. What are you doing? <laughs> when the zombie apocalypse hits. Apocalypse? Apocalypse. <laughs> when the zombie apocalypse not hits. not deleting it. <laughs> You will be coming to my house wanting to watch out that 20-inch TV for zombies. No, 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 I won't. (laughs) I think I'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, so. So what's the message for Pep Parker? What do you you want to call him Pepper? (laughs) Piper. (laughs) Message for Piper. (laughs) You really have been away from this show for a while, haven't you? (laughs) What's the message for Parker? From me? It's um, know your value and just know, yeah, know what you're worth and go and get what you're worth and don't let anybody stop you. Don't chase the money, but just know what you're worth and be confident in that and, and allow that motivation and that knowledge to push you forward. Okay, my message to Parker would be to do what your father just told you. He's right about it. But my message to you, son, as you're on your journey through that, don't forget the most important thing is for you to be happy doing what you're doing. Make sure that you're happy. If you're happy, confidence is going to be there. Knowing your self-worth will be there. And do exactly what your father told you. You can be anything you want, like they used to say. You can, but most importantly, you need to learn to be happy. And I hope as your grandfather, that I can teach you that before I leave. Love you, Parker. Yeah. Well, I think that's very well said. And I need to drop the mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, dad. Well, Parker, and for anybody, any listeners at home, for our, our three listeners we have in Slovenia. <laughs> three? Oh, right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going I'm to Google how to say goodbye in <laughs> Slavic. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the language they speak. Anyway, but uh, uh, for Tales of Fatherhood, I'm Daniel Davila. And I'm Martin. You guys stay classy. Love y'all.